Hello and welcome back to the Family Prosperity Podcast. This is Mason McElvain and Michael Redden checking in again. So today we're going to talk about process. And when we're thinking about stuff like this, you know, think about how these go in your daily life, right? Some of the questions we're kind of addressing today are when people say, you know, I just don't know how to get started. Uh, I don't know how we got here. I don't know what went wrong. And, you know, uh, I know where we want to get. I just, I just don't know how to get. I don't know what to do first. I, I don't have this direction. And processes and looking at this a little bit more formally is kind of how you uh, address this. Yeah, so if you're like me, whenever you have to get somewhere, you just jump in the car before you even look up a map or anything. You pull up Google and you try to figure it out. So that's what process is. It's that vehicle to get you from where you're at to the vision of where you're trying to get that goal. Some of you might be saying things like, you know, I'm not into this. I don't do processes. I don't need processes. I just kind of do it. Well, believe it or not, you've got a process. Everyone does. You just might not have an organized process. Your process might stink to high heaven, but you've got one. If you accomplish something, you got one. Right, and a lot of these people who have that entrepreneurial mindset, they're the people who jumped in that car, kind of had an idea where they were going. They saw that horizon, and they used their grit, their determination, and their intelligence to get there. But over time, if you want to become uh, something that's scalable, if you need 100 people to drive that route every day, and if you need to accomplish things in an efficient manner, you have to think about every detail of that process, build it out, so it's not just you that can figure out and do it, other people can too. So what does that mean? What does a process look like? We talked about how it's the vehicle to get from here to there, and it needs to be flexible. So you have to be able to deal with obstacles, you need to be able to grow and change. If one of the roads closes on the way to your destination, not only do you need to be able to figure it out, but any dummy that's in a car going to the destination through your process, through your thing, needs to be able to get around that obstacle. Well, and let's think about how most of our processes first came out, right? They did kind of grow, they were flexible, something came up in your business and you just handled it. Then there's another kind of fire that came and you put it out. And these things kind of layered on top of each other, right? Band-aids on top of Mm band-aids. But that's a process. But it's not flexible in the sense that we're talking about because you didn't come about about it deliberately. There wasn't a uh, real intention behind this so that you could affect change. They just kind of happened. Right. And the other important aspect of a process is that once you understand the pathway that people take to accomplish the goals that you want them to, you have to be able to measure, monitor, and verify those processes. So if they are taking a certain drive, you need to be able to check in. Oh, did they actually make the right turn where they were supposed to, or did they take a lunch break, or did they do something like this? Well, the thing is, to kind of sum it down, before you get where you want to go, you have to know where you are. Once you know where you are and you know where you want to go, then you can work out how to get there. And that's kind of what we start that first part of measuring, right? Because if you can't measure things, then you don't know where you are. If you say, you know what? I was here. I didn't reach any of my goals. Well, if you didn't measure where you were, do you really know if you got any improvement? Do you really know if you got there? Did, were these goals even realistic? You've got to look at that. If you didn't, can't measure it, then... Um, it won't happen. And it comes goes back to it too. You know, there's a, an older adage, kind of like from high school days, right? Uh, pictures or it didn't happen, right? If you don't have some way to measure it, some kind of proof with it, it won't work. So another key point about a process is that if you can't change it at all, it's a dead process. It's not a prost- process. It's just some kind of vestigial organ. It's just something that happened, exists that you can't get out of the way. It's, it can become an obstacle. 
processes have to be able to grow and change as the world around you changes or as you come up with new designs, improvements, and ideas. Again, if you're in that car going somewhere and suddenly it makes more sense for you to drive along the highway, your process needs to be able to change to utilize that capability that you've got. And if a new obstacle comes, that road closes and you no longer can drive the way you want to drive, you need to be able to change, adapt, and overcome the new problems. You're not done with this ever. We always say yeah. that a lot. You're, ne you're never done, okay? You know, nobody sends faxes anymore, really, I guess, unless you're the government or maybe your doctor's office, but nobody really sends faxes. That's not the way <laughs> things were done before. Uh, people are even getting away from emailing things now and doing other things. It's going to constantly evolve and change. You've got to flex and move with it, and you can't get kind of bogged down the details of that. And that's why it had to be this deliberate, thought-out process. So what does a process look like versus something that kind of grew organically, as things often do in an entrepreneurial venture or in something that you've started out yourself? So if you have a process, anyone from anywhere can come in and step in and do what they're supposed to be doing in your system. Winging it kind of comes around that same way, but one of the reason we say it's idiot-proof is because, you know, there's some famous folks, I think it was Ben Franklin who said that someday an idiot will use it. And I can tell you, if you sat me down at uh, just any of the families that work with the businesses and said, hey, you know what, uh, we need you to fill in today. Uh, you're a part of the team here. I know you've never done this, but here you go. I'm an idiot. I have no experience in that, no frame of reference. I can be the most educated guy out there. When I first grabbed that process in kind of an uh, uh, emergency situation or extraordinary situation, I'm an idiot. There are going to be people who are idiots at this that are going to grab it first. Right, and again, the other problem with just winging it is that people do what they, they, they almost fall back on their training or they fall back on what makes sense. So it, it, it kind of goes back to the concept of those Band-Aid type things. So what can happen is when you're used to solving problems and you're used to those solutions just being important right in the moment and not even justifying it or thinking about it or making it a part of your you know, well-determined system, a lot of things can develop that don't even make sense on the face of it at all. So one of the best stories that my dad likes to tell is about a, a person, they were actually posted on an island in Vietnam and they had these fly strips. They had about no paperwork to do, nothing to do, they're, they're bored. And they kind of resorted to counting the flies they're catching on these fly strips every day. They decided as just kind of a joke, maybe a prank, to make out a really nice form for this, write it down, count the flies, and send it in to their commanding officer or the commanding station in this case. So over time, they started to do that. It became important to the people they were sending it to. No one knew why it worked or how it exists. And if you're familiar with Lean at all, you know that this kind of stuff builds up like crazy. But because they assumed it was solving some problem or doing something and no one understood the process, they just let it continue until everyone around the entire you know, Pacific theater were sending in their fly report stories. So when you're winging it and when you're not thinking about the process, you develop all these things that don't mean anything, that don't matter, and that don't help anybody but take everyone's time up. Not only could they waste time, but the bigger thing too is when we're winging it, we do it as it kind of comes up, right? We kind of paste it together. We don't think much about where this fits into the whole, and that means that it's also not going to stand up well to stress, right? We'll set something up. We'll kind of go about it, and then the first problem that comes up, everything falls apart. Right, so everything's not completely black or white. You don't need to have something that's 100% a process. Obviously, you don't need to write down when someone needs to walk 
back and forth in a system or do something like that and no one's completely winging it so it's a good question to ask where are you in your process where are you in terms of are you well thought out are you determined are your are your plans something that anyone can do or is it mostly something that people have to figure out in the moment or that has just built up over time and are you being held back because you yeah. don't have a process whatsoever? I mean, you've winged it in so many different other parts in your life. Are there other things with your transition? Are there uh, other issues with your family and things where you just know what? This is scary. This is big. This is that big, hairy, scary 800-pound uh, grill in the room, and I just don't know how to, how to approach it, so I'm not going to. Right, and the biggest problem people often have starting to figure out where they are with their processes in their life, and this is business and personal, like Michael alluded to, is finding out who actually does what. And this can be really dangerous even in a business. You might not know what other employees do. You might not know what other family members do. And even in your family life, and you're just in your home life, you might not understand what everyone's doing to make sure everything keeps going, everything keeps ticking. So the first step to understanding where you're at, where your family's at, where your business is at, is understanding who does what and what it means to everybody. Because with that basis, you're going to be able to start understanding how it all connects together. The first time that someone doesn't perform their task, you should notice, okay? You shouldn't only notice when something becomes a problem has become a habit over time, right? Mm -hmm. When it's grown big enough to be noticed, then it's already a bigger problem than you think. Right, and this comes back to a really boring but really important word called auditing. So when's the last time, especially for these important processes, that you actually checked in on them? So you might think everything's running completely smoothly because nothing has come up, like Michael pointed out. But when's the last time you actually checked in to see if everything was going as it should or if everything makes sense to do? I mean, sometimes parts of things get carried over like a tradition, even if it's just the name of something. I mean, for my family business... We call putting bacon on pieces of metal that we use to cook, we call that skewering because five years ago, who knows how long ago, we used to put these bamboo skewers in them and no one knows why that is. It's funny for us. But there's things like that that aren't just names, they're practices. They're, they, people will bring tools over that they don't even understand the purpose for. They'll set things up that don't make sense to do. And if you actually just check in on these things, because first off, you knew who's doing what and what it means to you. When you go in and check in on them and you realize that things are happening that didn't need to happen, you can make those important changes and evaluate maybe things they need to do in addition or things they can cut out. You always remember what you're doing and why. They've always got a history behind it, and that's kind of the great part where the skewering story goes. But remember, too, that if you get you know kind of comfortable in business and in life, you're not growing, you're not moving forward mm -hmm. uh, socially, as a country and as families and things, we are constantly evolving and moving forward. You know, we're coming out of the information age now. Business is constantly evolving. Everything kind of should be. And sometimes we get comfortable. And comfortable is not where we want to be. And sometimes when I ask families and things, you know, why are we doing it this way? Why aren't we moving forward and doing that? I'll hear things like, you know, I just don't think my kids can handle that. Or I don't think the employees know the people can handle that. I don't think I can handle that. I never like to hear think. I want to hear we tried it and we succeeded. Or we tried it and we failed. You need to be able to prove that to yourself before you make that kind of decision because that's the kind of thing that keeps you from acting and gets you left behind. Yeah, and even worse than just left behind, we've been talking about efficiency, like things that you weren't supposed to do or didn't need to do to make something happen. 
so I think the metaphor for those vestigial organs is a really good one because your spleen or your appendix can rupture and they can kill you. So it's those extra things that are taking up your calories and your energy and you're making your life more difficult. But if they really get out of hand and they fail, it can actually completely end your life. So it's not just an inefficiency thing. It's something that can cause serious, if not fatal, problems for your family, for your business. And I always worry about it from a compliance point of view because I've got food safety. But it can, it can end your family with finances, with health, with just about anything if you're not keeping track of what everyone's supposed to be doing. And that can be as simple as going to the doctor. That can be as simple as just making sure you wash your hands. All of it means something, and checking in on that and having a concept for it is vitally important. And like we always say, too, okay, this work is never done. It's never completely finished. We're always changing, evolving, just like people, right? And, you know, we look at the process overall of how someone becomes an expert at something. First, got to learn it. Someone else has got to teach you what to do. Then you've got to do it. And we often forget that last part that's probably the most important thing about becoming an expert and being great, and that's teaching it to someone mm-hmm. else. That's the big part about it. When you involve your kids, involve other employees and other people into these processes and try to teach it to them and have them start running off on their own, they're going to run into different problems and inefficiencies that you didn't because you've been doing it for so long. They're going to have these ideas, well, why don't we do it that way that you never thought about? They should always be able to evolve, and they evolve the most Not when you're learning it, not when you're doing it, but when you're teaching it to someone else. Right, and that can actually turn something that's one of the biggest dangers for families and family businesses into that benefit. I think that's a great point because if you teach the things that mean the most to you, which again might be in business or family, if you have to teach those to new people, your next generation, your key employees, it's going to take that new knowledge and that energy from teaching it and learning it to protect the transitions that are going to be difficult for you and your family and your family business. Because as the people learn this, they have the improvements and they can get through it, you are going to have people who understand it from multiple directions. They're going to understand it well because they were able to learn it from you. They're going to have time to transition into it and they're going to have time to have input. So this is something that, I mean, it's really the only way to develop a long-lasting legacy is to teach everyone the important things. And, and process sounds pretty technical and it sounds only business mechanical type things but processes can also be the values the way you approach life how you think about things and teaching and developing that with other people around you and solidifying that is really important and i'm going to circle all the way back to the key point about process is that you have to write it down so yeah it's pretty obvious that you've got to write down your standard operating procedures for a business everyone has to know what they need to get done But when it comes to things like those values, like the ideas that you need, or the roles in the family, all these other processes that are just as, or if not more important, you need to write those down if you're going to have a legacy, if you're going to protect transitions, and if you're going to carry over the things that matter to you most. When we're talking about legacy here, let's look at some other parts about it, okay? If we're looking at true legacy that goes forward in the future, what does that flexibility and adaptability and efficiency kind of mean, right? Right now, it's kind of optimized for your personality and your talents, but there's always going to be different kinds of talents out there, different kinds of approaches, maybe different kind of market or social kind of influxes that come in, and it needs to be able to adapt to that. What efficiency and beauty and perfection means today <laughs> is not going to mean the same thing in the future, right? Before, you know, you've got all these great big companies that were just uh, 
led by one person and it all went to their whim and you know things like that. there's not going to be many more of those Henry Fords or many of those Steve Jobs they're super rare most people are going to come about where uh, the uh, one individual is going to have maybe two thirds of the of the tools you need the other one's going to have another third those folks are going to come together and still adjust to their environment. We're going to cover that more in a little bit in a, in a different kind of podcast. But the thing is, it has to be flexible because now it's going to have more than one cook in the kitchen now. But the end result we're looking at, you can't be fully results oriented because that result's going to change. Mm. It's going to be different because life is different. The market's different. What the desired outcomes are, what efficiency looks like is different because people's different goals are going to be there. One uh, generation's goal might be to Grow it to, I'm going to throw a crazy number out there, grow it to a $300 trillion in market cap. <laughs> the other people's going to be, the goal is going to be, hey, I want to do good things to the community. I want to be green. I want the family to be closer together. They're going to have these different things that come. And the processes are going to evolve back and forth over time to go with that. That's why they must be deliberate. They can't just be band-aided on top of each other so that they fail because they don't know where they came from. Right, and they need to have that tether too. So as much as they grow which is an important part of being a flexible and dynamic, having a flexible and dynamic process, they need to have that history. So yeah, we still call it skewering because there's some history to point to. And if you write down these changes and they have to change them deliberately and improve the way Michael's pointing to, it does mean more to change it. It And it means they can't fly off into the ether and just make up new things, crash and burn, because they had no idea where they came from which matters so much to everyone. I mean, the connection, to get more detailed about it, the connection you can have with your grandparents can be the, one of the best predictors for your su- success. So being tethered to that history and being able to transform, move ahead in a flexible way is what's going to, as Michael pointed out really well, I think, protect and grow your legacy. And then the other important part about that is that those redundancies, having more than one cook in the kitchen, yeah, one person might have that expertise, Maybe they're way better at making the actual sauce, be the sous chef. But everyone else needs to know how to do it. They need to understand and appreciate their role. And what that allows to happen is if suddenly you kick one of the cooks out of the kitchen, everyone else can keep making meals and they don't starve to death. You need to be able to survive. And to be able to survive, you need to have lots of people in your family that can do the roles that you need to. So your family can be, again, as Michael said, like a Ford as a unit. This is why territorial doesn't work, okay? Yes. This is why uh, it's my business. I built it here. We're going to do things my way. I'm going to have these fiefdoms. They don't work. Because let's look at it this way, okay? Sure, you probably do it better than anybody else. Yep. You might do it perfectly. But when it comes down to it, if something happens, can we get by with good enough for a little while? We probably can. And there's going to be a time where you have to get by with good enough. It's, it may be something different than you thought. Maybe you can't do it anymore. And if you haven't taught this other person how to do it perfectly, or they're not capable of it, well, they're going to have to get by and just do it good enough. It's not going to be perfect ever again, not in the same way you thought it was. But it may still be beneficial. Yeah, I I think missing out on that concept, thinking that because whoever's currently in charge of these important processes, because they're so good that means that's all we need when it's the exact opposite. The better you are, the more efficient you are, the more of that driving power and force and entrepreneurial spirit you have, the more important it is to back that up. Because the second you take that puzzle piece out, the second you take that important foundational support out of the system, 
the whole thing can crash and burn and it doesn't need to and it can happen in a short period of time I mean even just think about taking yourself out of the business for two months or an important family member out of the family for two months I mean maybe someone cooks all the meals for the family and keeps them going I know that can be the case if you took them out everyone's gonna live off McDonald's for a year and it's not gonna go well so having people that can back this up or having things that aren't quite as good or maybe not even half as good but at least sufficient enough to keep you guys going is going to allow you to survive so that all these incredible processes you put forward to have a legacy can continue on. What I hear all the time is stuff like, you know, I do this, but right now, today, my kids aren't able to do it like that. They're not able to get past that. Or, you know, my, if it took me, if I sat down and had to explain this to someone and bring them through it, it would take me three times as long to teach yep. it if I just did it myself. I'm going to do it myself. Well, you know what? You're not always going to be able to do it yourself. And I also like to say, too, but can they get there? Can your children get there? Unless you've tried, you don't know. Do you really even know where they're at? Have you proven that to yourself? Have you measured it? Have you tried it and mm -hmm. tried to flex and improve it? Because that's the part about it, too. It may be true right now, but if that's the end of the statement, then we don't survive. We yeah. will die with you. Yeah, it's funny. It's an argument for the exact opposite position. You're turning around and saying, yep, if I had to step out of this, the whole thing would crash and burn. That means I'm not going to let anyone else know how I do it. That's just, it's just. But he's right. That's what I hear all the time from these business owners or just people who are highly effective at what they do. They say it's a waste of time to teach anybody because they can just get it done. But I'm sorry. If you can program something or put something in place that can get things done, it is going to have that survival. Plus, even more importantly, it'll free you up. If you're able to set things up that can accomplish what you do at least adequately, if something more important comes up, which can happen, there are things that are more important than your business, believe it or not, but if things that are more important than just getting done that process that you're good at come up, you need to be free to do them. And so there needs to be an adequate replacement for you in the meantime, whether it's just a few days, a month, a year. And that's the other part about it too. When I hear these other things be said, you know, um, I hear what you're saying, Mike, I get that, but when I told you that it would take twice as much time because I don't have it. I just don't have the time to do this. Or yeah. if my kids only knew about all the little stuff and details I had to put up with about how, I, how, how I'm never off, my phone's always there, so I go on there. You know what? It's the dirty little secret. I look at those folks and I say, yeah, that's the symptom. And guess what? You did that to yourself. You created the situation. You kept that all there. You engineered it this way. We can either keep going like this or we can start working now and improving it. Sometimes when we built these processes on a Band-Aid, the best thing to do is just rip that Band-Aid off and get back to work. Yeah, and a lot of times it takes a complete catastrophe for people to get into that mindset. And that, that's sad, but that's what I hear from pretty much every wellness or other outside of business professional I talk to. The people who finally understand this are the people who went through something incredibly traumatic most of the time. Don't let that be the case. Understand and try to think about what would happen if in one of these survival scenarios for your business something were to happen to you. How would you cope with that? What would your life look like? And are you ready to deal with that? Don't try to deal with it after you've maybe survived a lucky brush or after your family's completely fallen by the wayside and you have to turn back to what you really value. Think about it now when it's easy to think about in comparison. Think about it now while you have that drive and that passion, that energy to be able to deal with anything that's thrown at you from a business perspective, from something that you're good at. 
And that's the difference, I think. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to this stuff regularly, this is not what you want. You want to have these things uh, set up. You want your family to survive. You want that legacy. You want those things protected. And I'm telling you that this is a, a deeper dive, a more technical dive to the other stuff that we've talked about because most of the business owners we encounter, even the ones listening to this podcast to reach out for some more help, they are still trapped in the, I've created a job for myself. And yep. when I want to sell this and move on, I'm just handing a job again to someone else. And it's a job that when I left at my peak, I didn't particularly find fulfilling. I didn't particularly find pleasant. But I'm passing it on. The only way to prevent that is to get serious about this. We should be able to pull you out or anyone out and it continues on. That's what makes it a business and not a job. And that's probably, I would say, the way to diagnose that specifically is how good are your processes? Because if your processes are personnel dependent, you got a job. Yeah. So overall, this has been an introduction to like the technical gritty of that. You know, we've tried to start with the overall concepts and things that you can use in everyday life, and we're going to do that. But just like for some of the more legal aspects, we've gotten a little technical. We're going to get technical in some of these pieces because um, some of some folks that we've been getting a lot of questions from lately have wanted to really dive deep in this and really get into it. And we felt that that would be beneficial because we're going to talk about the pitfalls and things we've come across with dealing with families and how you can come about this from different kinds of uh, areas, especially if you're trying to approach this and you're not that wealth creator, right? You got to broach this the right way and bring that kind of thing up to really get the, the most out of it. Right. So when we're talking about processes in the future, you can expect to get some information on, because I don't have this mindset and just about nobody who actually created this business was entrepreneurial, thinks in that problem solving money kind of way is going to think this way. So we're going to talk about processes, not just about business. It's good to hit that. It's good to think about that because that gets you out of having just a job like that. But we're also going to think about how process protects transitions, makes that legacy happen, how process creates these redundancies that allow you to survive as a family and as a business, and how it's going to free up time, make you more efficient so that you can do things that aren't just business, so that you can take care of yourself, your health, mentally and physically, and have time to actually use the benefits and the resources from your business. And that's basically, if you look at it, even what we kind of do with family governance, right? Yeah. First step is you're going to measure where you are. Mm -hmm. Measure who you are as a family, what things mean to you, what you want. And then you're going to set up these decisions and policies about how you're going to move things forward. And you've always got in mind those goals. And it never ends because it continues on forever with the family. It's the same thing for your business, same thing the large corporations have. It's just that next step up you've got to take for proper scaling and legacy so that you never have that job that dies with you. 